You're listening to the Collab Talk Podcast, episode 68 of the MVP Buzz Chat series. In this episode, I'm talking with Office Apps and Services MVP Paul Kaisers. This is Christian Buckley with another MVP Buzz Chat, and I'm here talking tonight with Paul. Hey, good to see you, Paul. Good to see you, too. <laughs> but why don't you introduce yourself for everybody, where you are, who you are, what you do. Yeah, I will introduce myself. I'm uh, Paul Kaisers. Uh, I'm a Office Apps and Services MVP. Um, I do a lot of work around uh, Microsoft Teams. Uh, which I'm really passionate about. Um, and we do a lot uh, uh, with adoption, but also strategy, how to set up Microsoft Teams. I have a heavily SharePoint uh, background like you. <laughs> and um, well, what I see is that companies are searching for the next collaboration tool. And I really think Microsoft Teams is the, the next uh, hub for teamwork, which they also say. Uh, and uh, we do that for a lot of companies. Um, I was not in, uh, at Inspire, actually, uh, but I will be at Ignite. So uh, come and see me. Uh, I'm not uh, doing a session, but come up to me and ask your question if you have a question. Um, but at Inspire, I thought um, a company named Tony Chocoloni did a, a case around uh, Microsoft Teams and the adoption of it uh, and uh, the strategy, which uh, we, as KB Works, we helped them position Microsoft Teams. They came from a Skype for Business uh, uh, environment and a Slack environment, and now they are fully working with uh, Microsoft Teams. Uh, they also have telephony, but that's from uh, a local te local telco called Vodafone. And I helped them uh, getting teams on the road and that they can work with that. Um, that's one of the projects we do, uh, but we do a lot of different things, a lot of adoption at the moment. Um, and we see that a lot of companies struggle with governance, uh, with Microsoft Teams, but also with uh, SharePoint. So that are the things that I'm really busy with at this moment. <laughs> you know, it's interesting you bring up the, so the hub for Teams. And of course, I just came back last week. I was in, uh, in Redmond participating in the uh, Microsoft Teams airlift. And yeah. are you making it to the one in Amsterdam? It definitely it's yeah. my hometown yeah. <laughs> so, so is that is that next week is it or uh yeah it's next week it's okay next week so i'm so, really curious <laughs> well but it's it's interesting so about the the hub for teamwork that that concept because we saw this for years within the sharepoint space where you had uh third-party providers a lot of the intranet in a box solutions and things that were out there and and part of it was that people understood the you know document-based and team-based collaboration capability of SharePoint, but they often would go and then integrate it with these other home-built platforms, these other third-party uh, tools, project portfolio management, um, uh, you know, issue tracking, 
other systems that they would plug into and use SharePoint on the back end. So now we have Teams, which is displacing, I would argue, a lot of these, the need for a lot of these other solutions. Definitely. Um, you know, where do you, what categories, I mean, I guess it's a bigger question. So the clients that you're talking to, um, I mean, are there still other, I don't know, gaps that are have not yet been filled? Or are you seeing this now kind of building momentum and picking up all of that, those kind of loose ends of these other third-party solutions? I think a lot of third-party solutions will get into Teams uh, uh, as Teams uh, default settings or settings that they can change. Um, but uh, I think one of the gaps still in Teams is the channels uh, that they have their folder structure and they don't have the metadata, which is still in my eyes, it's a big gap, uh, which we have to overcome because uh, a lot of people who are already working with SharePoint know metadata, they know how to use it. Uh, actually, today I was at a company where they were uh, discussing, do we need folders or do we need uh, metadata? And I think it's in the middle because you can uh, have folders and metadata together but they really were like, okay, oh, uh, convince us that we only need metadata. I said, well, it's, it depends on your environment and how people work. Um, and especially in Microsoft Teams where you have this channel and then your folder in one library, um, that's still for me a bit of how can we manage that and how are we doing document management in Microsoft Teams. Is unmuting myself helps. Uh, I guess that's a big, uh, it's a big issue for organizations that have spent years building out their information architecture within uh, SharePoint and all their, their processes. And so now you have this flatter architecture and a simpler approach where, hey, just go in, let the system automatically create these you know, SharePoint sites and, and folders uh, uh, you know, within each of those different channels and not worry about it. And search will just work. It'll just pick up these pieces, which we yeah. know has, has never been true. It's, you know, <laughs> every, every new version of SharePoint we were promised, you know, like new improved search experience, yeah. which is true, but you've never needed, like not needed to, to worry about your information architecture, your metadata strategy with your, exactly. your content that's still been necessary and are, I argue even in teams, once again, people are getting, I think a little too relaxed because of the out of the box experience and yeah. they're missing some of the fundamentals. Definitely, uh, I, I think really we still need metadata and we still need to look at how are we going to position teams in the organization. Um, if they just start with Office 365 and Microsoft Teams, it's like, okay, we still have our file structure, but actually that's not true. Uh, you are working in a document library in Microsoft and uh, SharePoint online, um, which I think you are not using all the capabilities of a document library. And I'm curious, 
if we are going to see a change in that and when it's going to come. Well, the other piece too is that, I mean, I'm still running into companies that are using uh, you know, multiple other, other platforms, these other legacy applications, call it whatever you want. I mean, there's valid reasons for, for using that. There's a lot of organizations that are you know, multi-OEM. They, they're not just a Microsoft stack. They're, they're using AWS. They're using you know, other, other tools that are out there. And sometimes by choice, sometimes through acquisition as they, they're bringing these things in together. Um, you know, and, and so there, you have to look at it holistically saying, yeah. okay, where is our data? What is the need? How are we going to make this searchable, findable? What is our broader information management, knowledge management strategy for all these different pieces? And then start yeah. to understand, uh, you know, what are the rules, what are the constraints around each one of them? Where can we consolidate? Where can we migrate people off over into one or, or, or another and then how are we going to manage this going forward? We, we just, we, again, can't rely on that out-of-the-box experience to answer all of our needs. Because what will happen, yet again, is pants will be down around the ankles five years from now. And, you know, oh my gosh, I have to go back and do all this work because we didn't properly plan up front. And we didn't fully understand this experience. Yeah, and what I also see is that a lot of companies are still doing like uh, the file server. We just copy it into uh, Office 365 and we're ready, we're, we're on the go. But that's like garbage in, garbage out. And I don't understand that companies still think that's the, the best option they have. Um, so there is something still not, correct in there <laughs> yeah it's it, and why is that is is that just because uh, it's just ease of use it's just that they're this is what they know this is what they're used to and and, and that's it is it is there anything more to it than that because i think that's it with most organizations yeah i think there are two things i think one is uh, they want to get rid of their own file service as fast as possible uh, so they just migrated and then they say, okay, let's see what we have, uh, which I think is, yeah, you are going double the trouble <laughs> yeah. because you you get it in, in, in SharePoint or Teams and then still people get uh, messages that their file cannot be saved because the path is too long, all that kind of stuff. Um, I think when you correctly look at the data they have on the file server, it takes a little longer, but in the end, it saves a lot of time. And then you can uh, create a correct uh, migration path to the cloud. Well, you know, again, back to the hub idea, I mean, there's the, the folders, the data and where that's stored, that's one piece of it. I mean, one thing that I, I mean, I love the story behind, and this is a huge, I think, a competitive advantage to solutions like Slack. Look, I'm, I'm in a, a number of Slack communities, um, part of my co-working space and other community initiatives that are you know, not part of the SharePoint Office 365 user group, but other outside mm -hmm. organizations. And so on a daily basis, I'm in both teams, which is where I do majority of my work, and I'm over inside of Slack. And one of the main differences, while Slack was out early and uh, it was praised for all of its third-party integrations and all that. 
uh, and maybe it can do more is it more integrations with third party tools because it was out there first mm -hmm. and longer but the the ability to go in and set up a workspace in teams and with the tabs and have one place to go and be able to find all of the tools that are used. I mean, it, that when I think of a, of a hub of work, you know, every client's different. Every client has a different series of, of websites and tools and systems that I need to integrate with. And so I can have a, a team or a channel set up that's dedicated to each one of those. When I bring people in partners or employees to work on these projects, to have it all in one place, that's why that hubs, you know, the hub uh, for where work is done, that just resonates with me because I saw that day one of that value out of, out of teams. Yeah, and that's one part, but the other part is also like uh, you already have your Office 365 license. So Teams is already in there. So why not use it? And uh, Slack, uh, you can go for the free version. Uh, but I heard some companies complain about performance. Uh, I don't know if it's true, so I cannot say it's true. Uh, but within Microsoft, you have the whole stack for you and it's working together. And when you open something in Word, it, it directly works. And it works on my Mac because I use a Mac, uh, but also just on a Windows PC, it works perfectly and seamless. Yeah, and, and that is, uh, it, it, that was actually a, uh, a change a few years back where it used to be to be able to enable like the, you know, the web version to make it available to anybody that you invited into your environment to be able to, uh, you know, co-edit um, that you had to be running the, the uh, you know, the office web apps and, and there was a server component to that that you had to host and and cover licenses for and so now that's built in so you people don't even have to have office on their desktop they don't have to have it locally and you can collaborate with them they can provide feedback and they can edit they can chat all of those things for free yeah. um, and of course if you need to do more with them if they're a partner or, or a an employee part-time or, or full-time and you can issue them licenses and give them you know more access um, so you just have a lot of options now. Um, you don't Definitely. have to, work doesn't stop when you invite somebody in and they may be on a Mac and some cloud, some office, star office, cloud office, you know, solution, uh, do not use Microsoft products, can still collaborate and uh, yeah. participate in that hub. Yeah, and that's a, a really great advantage. Uh, uh, the only thing where I think there's still a lot of, um, uh, how do you say that, distortion uh, is if you are like a front desk uh, uh, license or E5, there's a lot of difference in license. So in your governance, you have to also look at does it still work with my front, uh, with, with my front desk uh, license? So that's uh, really important. How do you govern your environment? And at the moment, there are a few tools that uh, help you govern uh, Microsoft Teams. So they, that's an option to do, or you have to look at your license or customize it. Well, and, and I know Microsoft is trying to do a lot more through the out of the box, the admin console 
geo capabilities. That's been a complaint for a number of years. And I look, I was part of several you know, ISVs where we built admin you know, products on top of SharePoint and Office 365. And, and we had a business, a, a thriving, growing business because of the, the gaps. And, and Microsoft, like any OEM, will, is, is trying to stay on top of those things, looking at where do we see our partners, where are they very successful in filling the gaps, and should we fill in some of those gaps ourselves with native capability? And they're trying to do more and more of that from an administrative capability, either through yeah. uh, PowerShell controls or through the admin consoles themselves. So you have this beautiful visual you know, way to pull reports down and proactively manage users and licenses and kind of all those things. Um, that, that's, yeah. all, that's all great. When, to, partly to your point though, is like if you are then using these other cloud-based services and competing products in conjunction with, it does, uh, make it a much more complicated management story as well. So that's something that you have to think about. Definitely, definitely. Um, and I was thinking of something else as well. Um, oh, I forgot it. Yeah, no worries. It might might come back to you. Yeah. <laughs> so what what else do you have? Uh, what what else is coming up? Um, what what uh, you know, people want to find out more about what you do or get in touch? Like, what are some things out there? Like what. What are you involved in the community here coming up in the next few months? Um, well, I'm involved in the Global Bootcamp, which is coming also to Amsterdam. Um, of course, I'm at Ignite. Um, Airlift, uh, the event, I will join there. Um, so, and for speaking at the moment, not, but I'm blogging a lot at uh, my own website, kbworks.nl. Uh, which I also invited you uh, to write a piece in the in the blog about uh, the modern workspace, uh, and that are the things I'm really busy with. And we are uh, at the moment uh, we are continuously changing our website as well uh, to um, to the needs of our customers. So uh, we see that a lot of companies have trouble or they want Microsoft Teams, or they already have it and they, they are in need of help. And uh, that's why we come in and try to guide them uh, to get their perfect experience. Yeah, and, and uh, maybe on that point, I mean, where, where do you see uh, you know, organizations, uh, you know, are, are there certain patterns where you see them you know, kind of struggling and, and starting up? Uh, or is it that organizations are, they get the basics, the fundamentals, uh, and yet they're trying to be a little more proactive on, hey, we need to put some proper governance in place. We need to not recreate some of the mistakes that we've made in the past with other tools. And let's look at this, you know, let's roll this out a little more holistically. Let's look at adoption. I mean, so do you see more of that? Yeah, definitely. Uh, I think uh, when I listen to the to the market, a lot of companies are really uh, understanding now that uh, adoption and governance is one of the most important things next to building it. Mm -hmm. Building is one, and the but the adoption, 
the momentum. And this is what I just forgot to say, but if you look at a company, they look at their performance, how, how much is used in Office 365 uh, of their licenses. And most of the time they come back and they say, see only like 10% or 20% is used uh, within, within Office 365. So they want to, uh, get a higher uh, efficiency in Office 365, and that's also something we get asked a lot: uh, how we, how they, how we can help them uh, get a better uh, use of Office 365. Well, and that's an important you know thing. There's a, and that's going to be a you know highlighted a number of times uh, when you go through the airlift. It's all the same content that you know what I just saw, what you'll be seeing, and. Uh, and it's a point that, uh, you know, Karawana Gatimu, who, uh, if you go find her out on the, you're talking about Microsoft Teams, uh, uh, her, her podcast and, and video series uh, called Coffee in the Cloud, but talks yeah. about this all the time is that it has, it's more to do with the cultural change in the way that people collaborate Definitely. than it is about the technology itself. And certainly there's tools, there's capable features and things that are in the tech that are going to uh, bring in people. It's going to make it easier to work together, but you can't dismiss the cultural change required for any new platform to be successful in the long term, and that you have to be more sensitive to that and create a you know, have a strategy in place for deploying that onboarding people, ongoing training, and then then the nurturing the community yeah. you know success aspect of that deployment. And I, I agree. I think more and more organizations are now aware of that. They may not know what to do and, and may be asking for help, which is good for you and I. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, but the <laughs> fact that they're now recognizing it when, uh, you know, look, 10 years ago, I mean, you and I have known each other for a long time. We've had these conversations, you know, a decade ago around adoption on the, the SharePoint side, and it was the yeah. same issues. Exactly. We're saying sit down. You cannot just turn on servers. You cannot you say, here are you know, all the training materials. Have at it. You're now in the system. Good luck. And turn yeah. that over to users. It, it, there has to be more you know, systematic you know, uh, uh, deployment and measurements in place and that nurturing. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And that's something also which I think is really important that when you start uh, uh, with the adoption of a product, if it's Teams, SharePoint or whatever, uh, you have to do a hands-on uh, uh, adoption. So you have to be in connection with these people who are learning. And it's not that, I don't think that if you do it only with e-learning, it will work. I think the connection with the people will value uh, the performance of your of your adoption. I, I agree. There, there, look, there's different learning styles. It just it seems so basic for us to to say this. Like it's a, it, it, it's like obvious. It seems obvious that yeah. different people, different styles of learning. Uh, but you have to, and sometimes it's the exact same content just given in different ways. And some people do great with self-learning, videos, written material. Some people prefer video to written material or vice versa. Um, yeah. Others require like to have the classroom setting 
where person up at front presenting and they're working on like a hands-on lab. Others need something that's more interactive, collaborative, maybe team-based or workshop-based. Um, I'm a huge proponent to the brown bag lunch method where you have, you go through all those learning styles and then have uh, employees, have people as they're learning and, and creating solutions that they then share that with the you know others. And it doesn't have to be perfect. Um, they could say like, this is what we are, this is what we're thinking about. It's actually an opportunity for others to say, hey, you know, you could have done it this way and you might have, it might have been better. Yeah. And so they can even improve from that. But you're learning together. And I, I mean, I used to go to these brown bag trainings in, uh, you know, internal as, as part mm -hmm. of an internal user group. And almost every time would say, wow, that's something, you know, I didn't think of that. We go back and tweak my own systems, my own sites. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's the feedback that you get which makes the product uh, better and uh, it can be in your client environment but actually it's the same thing is happening in Microsoft with the user voice they request feedback and they can adjust the product if enough people say okay we want this they will try to do it <laughs> especially like the private channels which uh, was one of the first things uh, uh, in the user group, uh, which is a high uh, number of uh, votes. Uh, I hope it's going to come really soon now. <laughs> yeah, they just did, well, they, they just talked about it again. It had a, was a slight delay again, but it will be before the end of the calendar year, they promised us. So yeah. I think we're going to be, uh, we'll, we'll be at the, uh, the European SharePoint conference in December in Prague. We'll be uh, talking about it. It should be, live uh by by then i believe so yeah i'm really curious uh i think it would be a great uh, add-on but it needs govern as well yeah you're gonna hear all about that next week so i'll, I'll uh, i won't spoil it for you <laughs> uh yeah but that but that's exactly right i mean that's that's something that microsoft listened to the feedback um there, uh, you know, certain competitive reasons the feature needed to, to have some capability there. Um, I, I've been very much kind of a, uh, you know, against the feature. Um, I understand the the need for it, but I kind of you know held back to wait to see how it was architected. So I'm still holding back in my feedback, obviously, because I want it to be public, so I can go out there and talk openly about it and not encode. Yeah. And be careful that I've not said something that I shouldn't have. Um, exactly. <laughs> I, you know, it's it's going to be some of the use cases, some of the things, the capabilities that are coming up around that uh, are very exciting. So again, thinking about the you know teams as that hub for work work yeah. happening, it's 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 going to open up a lot of other scenarios by having that capability there. So I'm excited Definitely. about that. So yeah. Yeah. Well, Paul, hey, really appreciate your time today. People want to find out more about uh, KB Works and about what you do. How do they find you? Where, where can they get in touch with you? Uh, on kbworks.nl. Uh, it's a Dutch site. I'm, I'm sorry for that. Um, on my LinkedIn uh, profile, uh, Paul Keizers. Um, and on Twitter, uh, I still do a lot of tweets uh, of people I know. 
uh, where I post uh, their blogs and add mention them uh, so they get the credits as well. Uh, and if you have any question, uh, just just send me a, a message on Twitter, LinkedIn. Uh, I'm not on Facebook uh, that much, but I still have an account. Uh, but most of the time, I'm uh, I'm on LinkedIn. You know, I think this is a, just a kind of a great thing to to say at the end of this is that most of the people, just about everybody that I've you know interviewed in this series, you're number sixty-seven, sixty-eight, something like that. Um, I mean, everybody's approachable. So if there anybody listening, watching, you know, if you have questions, I mean, feel free to reach out to Paul is the kind of person that like, you're not going to turn anyone away. Like, hey, I don't have time for this. You know, you're going to respond back. So approachable exactly. uh, people. So yeah, definitely. <laughs> I like to help uh, people. So uh, uh, if I can help, I will help. <laughs> Well, thanks a lot for your time today, and we'll, uh, we'll see you in Orlando. Definitely. See you there. <laughs> wow.